suck off someone i'm gonna make a man come tonight let me tell you baby i'm gonna stroke off someone i wanna make a man bust inside Mm-mm-mm. you big Cheryl crow fan big one you know what sucks is that we just did like Almost a whole episode 80 percent of the podcast and then we just hadn't hit record so yeah we're back at it damn Sometimes those episodes rock, though. We've done this a few. This isn't the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to suck it tight and creamy. Trying to suck it tight and creamy. They see me holding. <laughs> I like to come up looking like I've had a big old greasy ass piece of chicken, you know? Yeah. You know, it all over get glistened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that used to be, man, God, that used to be one of my favorite things is just to go face first in a real juicy one. Yeah. And just glisten. Glisten. <laughs> you had to do the whole, like, fuck. Yeah, I'll pile in there, dude. Try to, like, pull out the wetness a little bit so you can get back in because you just, you know, it's getting everywhere. Yeah, I'll snack attack that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a real slimer down there. Yeah, I love a BGO, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real slimer down there, brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slimer is just an Italian guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just a fat, greasy fucking a specter. Fucking boogery son of a bitch. <laughs> fucking, he is just double chins floating around. Yeah. <laughs> Munching. Yeah. He's like everybody from the Sopranos, chin, yeah. all in one thing. All the fajul. We I saw that thing where uh, somebody, they were like the latest women's tennis tournament. You know how when women play tennis, they're like, ah! Yeah. Ah! Somebody dubbed Sopranos noses over that, so every time they hit the ball, it was like, oh! Hey! <laughs> oh! Hey! Hell yeah! <laughs> it fucking rock. They just do it with Slimer. Oh, Gabagool! Yeah. Dude, is it the second Ghostbusters or the first one where it opens up with him fucking munching down that? Uh, it's like some big fancy party. Like the waiters are in tuxedos and they got that food cart. He just rolls up on it and fucking smashes through it, and they're trying to get him in the photon packs. I can't remember. I think it may be, if it's the first one that opened up with it, then it's definitely the second. I think. <laughs> I mean, that's the two options that I gave. Yeah, yeah. 50-50 shot. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. Ghostbusters maybe want to get sucked by a ghost so bad, dude. Fuck yeah, man. I mean, that's a dream that I've. I've had several dreams about it too. I had a crazy fucking. They gave us muscle, rel- so we got in a wreck last week. Yeah. Lady plowed into the back of us. She was changing the song. I bet, dude, judging by the lady, I bet it was like a slow song came on. And I bet she put it on uh, a little scrappy. Yeah. How's that fucking song go? I don't know. I don't even know who little scrappy is. Yeah, dude, you definitely do. I mean, I probably know the song. It's a, it's a club fight song. Damn it. What's wrong with my brain? Hmm. Give me one second. Okay. I'm going to crank this out. Yeah, we got crunched, man. We had, like we had to go pick up a work car, in our other work car. We had to go pick up a different work car that got worked on to take it back to work, and we were sitting at a stoplight. And I was at the front of the stoplight. Chris was in the middle behind me, and then this lady just fucking plowed into him, which his car plowed into me, and we got crunched. Oh, so I bet she was put on. No, give you buck, boy. Oh, no, give yeah. you buck. Ed sucked because it was like. Uh, this is a black lady about our age, I would guess. Yeah. And uh, she was like, I'm just late for therapy. Yeah. It's like, damn, you're having a bad fucking day, I'm yeah, sure. Dude. Like, dress yeah. for work. I feel bad. She was super cool, man. Just She's just bummed. It's like, dude, it all just, I get it, man. It all stacks the fuck up. And you immediately thought she wanted to get plowed by us? No. I you mean, did do that. Everybody because you were does. Like, everybody wants to get plowed I by us. I don't think so. I've never felt that way. Yeah. You always feel that way. I always feel that but way. But the funny, you said, I shut you down. Like, as soon as, I already knew before uh-huh. you even said anything about what you were going to do. Yeah. And we, so, as soon as we get in the car, you're like, man, 
She said, <laughs> she said, if we need anything, we could call her. And yeah. I was just like, not like that, you fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to call her up and be like. Well, that's all, that's the thing you want, though. Not from her. Yeah, but you would. You would have loved that. Yeah. I think that's what happened is you just saw her and were like, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would do that. I would. And I wouldn't. Yeah. Just depends on. You know, being married is something, man. Because you could just do that if you weren't. Yeah. You know? Sure. And I don't even know if I would if I wasn't, but you, I just like you to think that the offer's on the table. You definitely would. You know? Yeah. It's just a good boot booster for the day. It's like, ah, my back hurts, but if I, I thought wanted, this lady was If hitting. I could have done that, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, just go ahead and... Okay, you really have... Uh, everyone talks about how bodybuilders and shit get body dysmorphia yeah. and they'll be huge and be like god damn I look like shit today I'm so small I just need to get bigger yeah. you have the opposite of that oh yeah for sure <laughs> I like that you think everyone wants to get it all the time well they do but maybe not from us but I just go ahead and play it up <laughs> <laughs> play it up in my head well, they like do. <laughs> I don't think chicks are walking around just like no, looking no, for no, it man no, no. maybe I don't know not at that age. Well, they always say, though, yeah, you guys always think we're not as horny as you are. And well, you're not. I, I mean, know I, you're not. I actually know that. Yeah, yeah. You're correct. Like, you're correct to say that I'm wrong in thinking that, but I'm right in knowing yeah, that. Yeah. You're not as horny. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. Women have always classically said What's that. What's the gain, you know? That's that's the thing you're horny for is the gain of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all women do is, all they do is gain a function research. Yeah. They're a bunch of Fauci's, dude. Yeah. I hate that shit, man. They just continuously gain a... Everyone tells them you're not allowed to do gain a function. Obama. Uh, women? Yeah. We're going to shut down uh, gain a function research. It's unethical. Uh, we're going to stop. They didn't listen to that. They no. voted for him. Yeah. But they didn't listen to him. Yeah. I mean, let's just, you know, you got to get something out of it. Yeah. Had to go eat dinner at my in-laws. Guess what I got out of that? Nothing. I got I got a beach out of it, but that was like the thing was like, I guess if I'm going to do this, then. Because I was like, hey, yo, can before I go to work, can you? And she was like, depends. Are you going to go have dinner with me over at my parents' house? I was like, fuck, yeah, I guess. Because I'll be honest. When that was the thing, I was just going to be like, yeah. Something came up. I gotta head let this kid fucking do whatever at work, you know. So. Yeah. But you know, I'm a man of my word. I went. Well, just a couple episodes ago, you were complaining that she told you she was going to, and then didn't. Yeah. You should have been like, "See, that's what it's like." <laughs> <laughs> I know, but then it's a teachable moment, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I do that with like cleaning the house, though. So like, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. I'll do that. And then not. Yeah. Like, huh. This look familiar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never works, dude. Women are always on no, top. No, because they always get you back. Always they always top. like, okay, we'll watch this. And then it's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they got the final say in the yeah, spray. Yeah. yeah. So I just go, I just do what I got to do, man. How was the mushroom thing yesterday? It was fine. Yeah. yeah. It was fine. No antics, nothing hilarious. Um, Did that dance. You figured out, dude. So for... I'll give you some kudos because we went to the gym and I put on red hot chili peppers, which I immediately expected you to throw a fit and pout about. Yeah. But you did not. You actually invented a fucking incredible <laughs> dance move. <laughs> <laughs> you basically did what like the wacky inflatable arm guy yeah. from car dealerships do. Yeah. But your body somehow can do that. Yeah. Like exact same thing yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad you presented that. Yeah. yeah and the look on your face has to be like, God damn, this is scary, you know? Like, yeah. Shit, man, I, I like this, but it's scary. <laughs> you know? Dude, I get freaked on mushrooms. I can't take them anymore. I can't do any psychedelics anymore. Acid's fine, but mushrooms, I always get like weird peripheral shit where I always feel like somebody's watching me. They all make me spasm in my back, And they man. will not suck my meat. Why is your back so retarded, dude? I don't know, man. Everyone tells you it's fine. I think it's a mental thing. It's, no, it's a it's a muscle thing. Well, you're it's just saying, and you're, you're just saying that it's it's clearly fucked up. <laughs> I think it's a mental thing, dude. No, it's not. I think you got some weird thing going on in your mind where it's like we're gonna spasm now. No, no, no. 
I don't know, man. You know, it usually happens if I'm sitting for a long time or if I lay on my back for a long, like not even long, dude. If I just lay on my back. Did that thing at the chiropractor crush you today? Yeah. <laughs> dude, right. And at you the got beginning. the good one, dude. That's bullshit. You right said at the this beginning. Sucks. Right at Did the you be- just stick it out because I so I couldn't have it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a real piece of shit, dude. They put me on such a piece of shit one, dude. Well, at first I was like, man, this is going to be sick. And then it started happening. It's like, oh, fuck. And then, but it kind of loosened me up like towards the middle. Was like, oh, okay. it feels so good. Yeah. It started to. At first I was like, oh, my God. It's like it's, it's called a rolling bed and it's just like this fucking wave man it's like a massage wave that just goes up and down your spine dude yeah and it pushes you up oh yeah. my yeah. god i would love to have one yeah speaking of loving to have something what we're talking about today is a beautiful relationship mm. now a lot of times people meet and they fall in love with each other uh there's several variables that can happen one i think a lot of times for most people falling in love they're at a vulnerable place in their life, both parties. Yeah. And someone walks in, like usually you've been through a few shitty relationships. You know what you don't want to deal with again. You find somebody that doesn't check any of those boxes and seems more like what you wanted your old partner to be like. And it hits at an exact time and then you're with each other. And, you know, there's several ups and downs that go along with that. But sometimes, you know, uh, you're just born predestined to be in a relationship with somebody. I really believe that. Yeah. And in this case, it happened. Born yeah. into the world just for one exclusive purpose. Mm-hmm. Pussy. Getting pussy. Yeah. And, of course, we are talking about Barbara Bakeland and her son's tumultuous relationship. Mm. <laughs> Now, this starts at like a pretty typical place. Uh, we're looking back into like a problematic relationship between a mother and child that went on from the mid-60s to the early 70s and through adolescent development. You got a lady, Barbara Bakelin, uh born Barbara Daly, who came from a pretty well-to-do family. Already not having the shit in the sick, but was insanely hot. Now, when I say insanely hot, I think a lot of the problems started off as in back in these days, uh, teenage girls were models. Yeah. So there's a lot of lusting after 15, 16, 17 year old girls. Yeah. All over. I mean, she was on Elle, Vogue, like all the big fashion magazines. I mean, she was a legit model model, like made a career out of being a model. And at that time, uh, I think it still happens today. But, you know, the end of that shit might have been like the Paris Hilton era. Yeah. Where there's socialites. I don't even know if it's socialites a thing anymore. Where essentially you're just hot and you have money. So you're around money and you like put on parties, go to parties. Just well, hang out with fucking, well-to-do uh, people. Who the fuck did Yeezy have a kid with? With the who? Oh, Kardashians? Yeah, Kardashians are socialites. Like, what yeah. Are, what are they, what were they before? They yeah, were, for sure. You know, well, I mean, like, yeah, they're socialites. They just they're, have a fuckload of money. Dad's an Olympic athlete. Uh, their real dad was, like, one of O.J. Simpson's attorneys. They just, okay, they're yeah. loaded, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. And they were already loaded before that. They're, like, generational wealth on top yeah. of all that. They're Arminians, which, uh, what really happened with them is that there was not an actual genocide. They just all got rich and came to America and bought, like, you know, Versace everything. Yeah. Either drive a taxi or you're a millionaire. That's what you're up to if you're Armenian. Yeah. Two choices. Two of them. Not oh, you can run a gas station, too. You can do that. One of the coolest Armenians I ever met was at a gas station in Kansas City. I walked there from the hotel to go get a refreshment, and the guy was jacked. And he was just telling people in the store like what they needed to do to get jacked, unsolicited. Yeah. Just like, buddy, you look flabby. You don't want to. You don't want to get that. Here's what you want to get, and then you're gonna go. You're not gonna fuck around tomorrow. You're gonna wake your ass up. You're gonna go to the gym. You're gonna do some box jumps. Nice. It's <laughs> like this guy fucking rocks, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he told like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Cool ass dude. That is cool, man. I would love, dude, if I was in a position where I could just tell people unsolicited like what to do, like I. I'm going to go to school to do physical therapy. You got to be, but if you could just like street corner, do that, just be like, yeah. just tell people like, man, your shit's fucked up dog. You got to, well, if you're like foreign or trans, you can 
do get that. away with it. Nobody everything. gives a shit. Dude. That's true. But it's a good point. Because I think, dude, when I'm a physical therapist, just I'm just going to be straight with people like, yeah, you cause a lot of these problems by being a pig. Yeah. You really got to get it together. But if you're like a transracial Armenian, which you can just do right now, if you decide right now what you want to be. I'm Armenian? Yeah. Yeah, that's just true. decide that. Yeah. Guys, I am Armenian. Um, yeah. A lot of people say that Turkey, they did a big genocide to us. As an Armenian person, I don't believe it happened quite as severely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Integrity did make a pretty good song about it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Getting persecuted. You know why Armenians don't like the Jews? Why? Because they're Holocaust rivals. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Like, they think the Jews got it pretty easy. And they're the ones that get all the attention for it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, dude. Yeah. I've heard it from them before. I've heard it a couple times. Like, whoa. Yeah, that's crazy. They fucking stole your genocide limelight. Yeah. But it is kind of true in a way because like. Known attention. Well, if you think, if you, the average person, if you think about a genocide, the, the, the Holocaust is what they go to. Yeah. But dude, Mao. Yeah, he crunched, dude. Dude, he crunched way more people than Hitler did. Uh, Stalin. Crunched him. Crunched way more people. Mussolini crunched a similar number crunched. of people. Uh, allegedly, Turkey smashed the fucking Armenians. Yeah. So, there's a lot of them that have happened before. I mean, what we did, we killed similar numbers as Hitler right here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if we met like a real surly... Native American, if they're pissed at the Jews <laughs> for the same reason. I don't know. They're still getting shit in the stick, though. Yeah, unless you get a casino, you're having a bad time. Yeah. Your reservation life fucking sucks. Yeah. I wonder if... Uh, I'd love to hang out with some and see what they're... Because everybody... I mean, look, we've grown up past racism, I feel like, at this point yeah, in yeah. the country. It was a thing. And not that it's not a thing. I worded that wrong. But like people were hypersensitive about saying hilarious things involving anything with race. So every single race has got their own stereotypical view of other races. Yeah. And I love to hear that. Yeah. Like when it, like, dude, have you ever had a Japanese person unload about Chinese people? Oh yeah. Oh my God. One of the best is when we were in that, that fucking, uh, Chinese bar in, uh, Chinatown in San Francisco and that, that place that had those Mai Tais that yeah. was fuck. That guy was losing his mind about Japanese people. Yeah, man. You see, they think they're fucking better than us. Yeah. He's like, they have all these stupid fucking rituals for everything. Yeah. He's like, they think they're clean. It was losing stink. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every race, it's not so much that they don't like other races. But a lot of them, I mean, culturally, Japan and China hate each other. And we don't, like, America doesn't have a rich enough culture to have, I mean, only with like the English, like we should hate English people based yeah. on what we were taught. And apparently the American revolution wasn't even like, we weren't even being treated that bad. It was like, actually England was pretty chill to deal with considering the circumstances. Yeah. But anyway, like we don't have a historical for, and first of all, you know, we're just English and other Europeans that moved over here yeah. and we don't have like a historical country to country beef with anybody what where we can black middle dork calls, uh, Transplant Europeans. Remember that? No. It was on some black metal review we did. Huh. And we shit on something that they liked, and then they called us uh, transplant Europeans. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's hilarious to... Any place that, like, borders a country or they have had, like, long-standing historical problems with another country and they're separate races, dude, they hate each other so much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and it's always hilarious to find out about that. So I'd love to sit down with a Native American, and, and I mean, I'm sure it's white people for them. Yeah, uh, surely. Yeah, I'd love to see what their stereotypes and hilarious jokes about the white man. Yeah, yeah. Or how do they feel about black people? I want to know. Yeah, I want to know about all that. Yeah, that's always like when you get down to the nitty gritty. That's the thing too. If you like go out and drink and cut loose with another race, and they just unload like. Whatever their particular racist quips are. Yeah. <laughs> it's always great. Yeah. There used to be this fucking hilarious book called like the big book of racism or something. And they would have either the same race. Yeah. 
talk about like basically put all these different stereotypes about the race or it was like opposite races did different races yeah. or like last year dude black people were crushing chinese people in new york yeah they're just blasting them dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a weird fucking yeah god it's like y'all bring that sickness over here blam <laughs> yeah they're just kicking their fucking ass man <laughs> <laughs> so crazy dude <laughs> what if that solved it too and rick moranis got beat up in like the same time frame yeah. You remember this shit? Rick Moranis got beat up? Yeah, dude. Oh. So they were like beating up. It was like several elderly Chinese people that got beat up by black dudes. And then Rick Moranis caught the exact same type of fate. Like a huge black dude just fucking Thought he was Asian. nailed his ass. Yeah, maybe. Just nailed his ass, dude. Yeah. And they had no idea who Rick Moranis was. So it's extra funny. You just like blasted the honey I shrunk the kids guy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he was like, yeah, that's why my my son's a midget, motherfucker. It was because of, of you. And then, <laughs> you shrunk his ass, man. <laughs> I found my motherfucking son riding on an ant next to an oatmeal cream pie in the backyard. Plow. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Barbara Daly, she meets this guy, Brooks Bakeland. And he's got it all going for him because Bakeland... I think that's how you say it spelled weird. It's got to be that, though. Brooks Bakeland, his grandfather, invented fucking plastic. Yeah. So they've got an infinite amount of wealth. Yeah. And that's what a socialite does. Is like they climb up through social standings by going to parties, attending parties, and just essentially being hot. So their whole end game, a lot of times, if you're a lady, is like be hot, be seen, be around. So you can end up with a mate who's going to provide everything for you. Yeah. And again, this is olden times. This is the 1960s. This is an unheard of practice. And that's what she did. And that's what she landed. She bounced back between a few of them and ended up on this guy. And he was a pretty interesting dude because he was working on a PhD in physics. He ended up deciding to get a PhD in writing instead, but he was also learning how to fly planes in the Canadian military, like just a fucking wild ass dude. Yeah. And he was super smart too. Uh, but you know, half of the socialite game is partying and back in those days too, like alcoholism was way more covered up, but people were getting fucking blottoed all the time. So it's like, you don't have any of the outlets that we have. You can't like sit down and flip through the channels or talk about anything with anybody. So you just have a party and everyone gets trashed. And she uses sexuality as a way to get into situations. Mm hmm. So you can imagine if you're having a big fucking fancy dinner and everyone's getting blasted and then your wife's like floating around the room trying to dump them and sit on people's laps and be yeah. flirty and acting like she wants to get stuffed by other rich guys. And you're probably up to the same type of shit yeah. as like a revenge tactic. I mean, they're cheating on each other. Sure. It's a toxic, shitty relationship. Yeah. And they only got married because she faked a pregnancy. So she sure. faked that she was pregnant. Uh, they got married quickly to try to keep the pregnancy quiet. Then she wasn't even pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then they actually got pregnant. Damn. Well. Shortly thereafter, and they had again been having huge problems, and they're like jet setting. They're trying. They're traveling everywhere all the time. So they decide that since they're going to be world traveling, they might as well just get an apartment in Paris as like their home base. And that's when she ended up having her son Tony. And then not that much longer after, the relationship completely fell apart. But you know she. Basically got what she wants. You know, she got loaded. Um, she had a long history of mental trouble. Her dad was one of the like, dude, whenever uh, Black, is it Black Friday or Black Tuesday? Black Friday is a Thanksgiving thing. Yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever the stock market crashed, so many people jumped to their fucking death. Yeah. Her dad was one of them. Oh, shit. But he already had like a long standing history of mental trouble. Yeah. Her mom had mental trouble. So... As we see all the time in any case we do that involves some type of insane murder or backstory, that shit is definitely inherited. And if it's not inherited, just being around it all the time drags you down into it, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a little bit of both. So you you can inherit uh, generational trauma. So it's it should. Yeah, I know. Uh, like if you're in the womb and your mom experiences violence or like high stress situations, that yeah. affects your adult life way well, like we are more we both uh have taken that uh um adverse childhood uh effects i think that's what it's called adverse childhood effects quiz but uh 
And so it's like some of the questions are like, did your mom ever, was she ever an alcoholic? Did she ever physically abused? Were you, you know, it's like you go down the list. And so it's like the, the receptors in your brain, once they cross paths, we talk about it all the time, but, um, you, you can inherit that from, from your parents. So if they, you know, if their dad was an alcoholic and they got the shit kicked out of them when they were kids and then, you know, they don't do that shit, but they, they have you and you get depression and some other stuff. It could be because you, you got that from your mom or your dad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely passed on and then it's going to get passed on to this third generation. I mean, he had a similarity to Jeffrey Dahmer here big time where he was into dissecting bugs and small animals and his dad, who again was like a quasi scientist that had been around scientists praised it for being scientific interest and that he was talented and that he could dissect animals already Mm -hmm. instead of being like, Hey, that's probably not the appropriate thing to do just here. You know, probably if you like, you're interested in that, we can figure out a a way to channel it. But instead his dad was like, wow, that's fucking sick. He carved that coon up. Then let's get you another cadaver to work on. Yeah. Which is like pretty much exactly what happened with Dahmer. His dad was a scientist. So his dad, if his dad saw roadkill, he would bring it home and let Jeffrey dissect it and oftentimes help him dissect it and, like, do taxidermy. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, when your mind is developing, that's probably not the healthiest thing to fill it up with. And, and you know, it's like you said before, like, the psychology is still, like, a pretty new thing, you know, during this time period where they're all trying to figure out all this stuff. They didn't have the technology to, to read brain scans and, like, uh, they're more worried about studying behaviors. Like, what are these beha- We know that these behaviors le- lead to this. This is all, like, going on while this is going on. So Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, also another thing that factors in here is, like, <clears throat> when you're this rich and your life revolves around, like, having dinner parties and meeting more famous people and networking, a lot of things that a normal person would have noticed as disturbing or wanted to sweep under the rug. Not sweep under the rug, but like if your kid's acting out and doing wild shit, your brain would normally gear towards like, oh, I need to get him to a psychiatrist and work on getting him mentally stable. But because they're under the pressure of like being the perfect family, she uh, just kind of sweeps it under the rug and he's like, still doing dissections and he's evolved into drawing like pictures of massacres and bodies cut up and just blood baths all the time. Yeah. And so she's like showing her and he's like a pretty good artist. So she's like showing her friends the art and stuff and everyone's like, well, this kid needs some help. But yeah. you know, no one's willing to get into those details because they're rich people. And yeah. Don't yeah. want to, their problems aren't out in the open. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, while this is going on, like we've talked about on every serial murder or murder that's got a sexual lingering effect in there. Tony sexuality is developing under these circumstances with a completely dysfunctional family being around all types of weird rich people shit. Yeah. So he's questioning if he's gay or not. Uh, 1967, the family had moved to Switzerland and Tony's 21 at this point and he starts dating a bisexual Australian man Mm. and they go to Morocco together. And his mother hated the idea of him being gay because, again, in 1967, like, you know, if you're a rich mom right now and your kid's gay, you're going to be so pumped. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to be the fucking saint because my child's a bi guy. Yeah. And I fit into society even better. Yeah, here's a show and tell. My kid's a show and tell object. So Barbara's furious. She finds out that he's dating the guy. She goes to Morocco, tracks Tony down, puts him in the car. Tries to take him back to Switzerland, but when they get to the French border, they find out that Tony didn't have his passport. So Barbara tries to flirt in front of Tony with the border patrol to get him into the country. So that doesn't work. Her and Tony spent a night in jail. After that, Barbara's life took a dramatic turn in everyone's eyes. She uh, hated knowing that her son was gay or bisexual and then uh, he started dating a girl named Sylvie, which she was pumped about because it's like a, another rich girl. Yeah. She thinks things are getting ironed out. 
and uh, he'd bring her over to the house. So, of course, what happens is her husband, his father, Brooks, doesn't just bang the girl. He starts dating her right in front of everybody. Oh, my God. And that was what kind of kicked off the crazy mother and son relationship. Uh, Barbara starts going to extremes to, quote, unquote, cure her son's sexuality. We just talked about this. The sex thing and then, like, what's the payoff and the reward and... Usually women will go above and beyond just to get you back. Yeah. If I don't get sex and I don't tell you I'm going to, and then I just decide I'm not going to clean the house, but I'm tell you I'm going to. <laughs> it's like that times a billion. <laughs> Whoa, oh, yeah. This is beyond. <laughs> That's normal shit. Yeah, you're going to fuck my son's girlfriend and date her in front of everybody? Well, watch this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so his mom... I mean, that's the end of their marriage, for one. She finds out about the affair, attempts suicide again. Brooks ends up marrying Sylvie. Mm. They have a kid together. And that would drive any fucking person crazy. I mean, so now your son's girlfriend is giving birth to his brother. Yeah. <laughs> After that fell apart, uh, all of her attention basically shifted towards Tony. Yeah. And she felt like she was going to lose him too. And at the same time, she wanted him to be how she wanted him to be. She yeah. wanted him to be gay. She wanted him to be a socialite. She wanted to control him. To model him after her. And uh, of course he's still up to the same creepy shit that he's up to when he's a kid. And those start to swing to violent outbursts and out and out aggression. Barbara just kind of blasts that off and says that it's like signs of him being a genius. And he has, you know, telling dead baby jokes and. Talking about how funny it would be if he killed this person and how if he killed this guy, he would, you know, make a fucking scarf out of their intestines. And that's him trying to crack jokes. Yeah. Just constantly like that. And he is super smart, but she's taking it as, oh, this is like, this erratic behavior is just a mark of a genius. And again, she was around this guy, Brooks, who wasn't like this, but he's pretty erratic. He bangs everybody. He's a genius, so in a way, it's kind of what she knows is that erratic behavior does equal high intelligence. And the kid is highly intelligent, so to her, it maths out. Uh, Tony is just starting to write his son off as being evil. Yeah. Or Brooks. He's just like, yeah, this kid's fucked. Yeah. Like, there's something wrong. There's an evil, but doesn't, of course, try to get him help. Yeah. Just kind of cuts out of his life. And... I'm sure part of that is like <clears throat> he can't stand to be around Barbara <clears throat> at all, you know? Yeah. She's a fucking pain in the ass. No one knows if he like tried to reach out to Tony Brooks when uh <coughs> Tony first started getting help finally. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and diagnosed as being strange and peculiar, which you would say about somebody in the early seventies. Yeah. <coughs> basically he thought Tony was just weird and Barbara was crazy and he wanted to hang out with his new family and he just completely bailed, which that's got to cut everybody on the other side of that deep. Barbara's controlling personality was cited as being a main contributing factor to her son's increasingly unstable mental health. She linked one of the, she was linked to one of the richest, most powerful dynasties. She had a great life, but the inner torture was starting to get to her. Tony had escalated into threatening her with knives, choking her, pushing her in front of cars, in front of the family's penthouse, in family's penthouse where other people could get a full eye view of the fucking behavior. And uh, first thing she tried to do is bring in prostitutes to have sex with them. She would yeah. constantly bring them over and try to pressure them into having sex with her son. And then when that wasn't working, she put that thing on him, took it into her own hands. No, when you say thing, you mean a gun? That thing. 
Yeah. No, I mean a pussy. Oh, yeah. The only thing more powerful than a gun. Is literally the only thing more powerful than a gun. Yeah. It'll kill you in a much worse way. Yeah. From the inside, slowly. And what it does is it brings a lot of hope into your life and happiness. And it slowly takes it all away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you really just get blasted. Like, if this is what we're going to do, just get it Just kill me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently, like, some of their close friends say that she would, like, make jokes about banging her kid. What? Yeah. God. And they would just, and again, all these people just wrote it off as, like, that's just how they are. They're freaks. Oh, man. So, Tony would admit that on the night of Barbara's murder, they argued about a friend Tony invited over that his mom didn't want to see, a.k.a. another gay guy. The argument began to turn violent. Tony hit his mother. She ran into the kitchen. And then Tony would say, quote, my mind was slightly wacky and I was very much under my mother's influence. I felt like she was controlling my mind. Yeah, she was, man, with that pussy, dude. Yeah. It's unclear if the admission had more to do with Tony's unstable mind than his mother's actual behavior towards him. But what we do know is that minutes after a terrified Barbara ran into the kitchen, Tony followed her, grabbed a knife and stabbed her with no hesitation. And then immediately after ordered Chinese food. Yeah. Which he probably got to work up an appetite. Yeah. Yeah. Did he fuck his mom after he stabbed her? I don't think so. I don't think he liked fucking his mom. He was gay. Yeah, but I mean, like, he could have, like, got it one more time. Yeah, just like, yeah, you like that? You wanted to give it to me like this? How do you feel now, you dead bitch? Yeah. On and on. I want to remember. On and on. My mom's pussy shivers my timbers. A lot of times when people do shit like that, though, they do, they do like revenge fucks on them, you know? Not, it's not even a thing to do with attraction. It's just more like a dominance oh, thing, you. yeah. But she liked it, though. Well, she's dead. She's not, she doesn't like being dead. She don't want to get no dick when she's dead. <laughs> How do you know? Maybe she does. Well, what she's if, dead. Like, someone, what if someone banged you right when you died? Yeah. Like, as I'm dying? Like, you're dead? Uh-huh. It starts to stiffen up, and they put it on you. And, like, the rest of the afterlife just feels like you're getting pussy the whole time. Whoa. Because you know how, like, ancient cultures would think crazy shit? Like, if you don't put gold coins over their eyes, they won't have the money to buy their way into heaven? I I know what people you're talking about. No, I did, yeah, I do know about that. Weird. But, yeah, just shit like that. So, maybe... The reality is, is you got to be giving a guy pussy when he dies. So the afterlife is just strictly getting pussy. Yeah. No guilt attached. Mm-hmm. There's guilt attached to it. I don't want it forever. Yeah. So he never grasped the serious of his seriousness of his crime because he didn't really have a sense of reality. Even while he was in custody in Brixton prison, he asked visitors how his mother was doing and if she was still alive. Tony's defense lawyer at the Old Bailey was legendary John Mortimer, author of Rumpole. And Rumpole? The ba- <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Rumpole. Rumpole. And the Bailey books. His goal was to get his client extradited back to the United States to receive treatment. However, Tony was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to Broadmoor, one of the highest security hospitals in the U.K., where the rich and famous came to visit him due to his mother's celebrity status as a member of the Bakeland dynasty. And this happened in London. I think I glazed over that Yeah, Broadmoor is where um, uh, Charles Bronson went. Yeah. That'd be such a funny run-in. Yeah. Just getting beat up by Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. We fucked your fucking mother, did you? Yeah. You did, you did. (laughs) Crap. One of the only people to have a more compassionate view of Tony's troubles was his patient grandmother. She was a driving force in acquiring powerful family allies, including Hugo Money Coots, <laughs> linked to a famous bank family, to help launch her campaign to get Tony back to the U.S. Ninny loved her grandson and thought he could live a normal, happy life with her help and supervision. Brooks, on the other hand, was against the move and believed his son should have been found guilty of first-degree murder. He also thought psychiatrists were a waste of time and called his son evil after he sent his young stepbrother morbid gifts that he had made while at the Broadmoor. Which, yeah, dude, of course you would send freaky shit to your fucking ex-girlfriend's kid yeah. by your dad. Probably just like 
turd dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like yeah. what morbid gifts there were. Yeah. Or just like Bronson's pubes or something. Yeah. <laughs> In nineteen eighty, money, power, and associ- associations with Coots Bank, the American Embassy, and contacts in Washington finally managed to secure Tony's release. But there was a little catch. He got out on the condition that he would live in New York under the care of his 87-year-old grandmother, oh, Minnie. wow. wonder if he started banging her, dude. That'd be crazy. Oh, man. The decision infuriated Tony's father, Brooks, who believed Tony was capable of killing again. He made multiple attempts to get his release reversed. Insufficient conditions were made for the release as it appeared no one in the UK or the US understood the extent of Tony's instability. The now 33-year-old was accompanied on the plane by a total stranger, his grandmother's friend who happened to live near Broadmoor. Sadly, his mother Nanny's misguided trust combined with the lack of responsibility by authorities on both sides of the Atlantic brought the damaged, disturbed, and schizophrenic Tony to New York's Upper East Side to live with an elderly woman. Back in Britain, it turned out that Tony's Broadmoor consultant admitted Tony's release was a faux pas and was perhaps aware that the lack of proper psychiatric care and supervision would eventually lead to tragedy. Sadly, his concerns were warranted. Tony's erratic and strange behavior increased, and his aging grandmother was not equipped to handle it. Just days after landing in New York and moving into his grandmother's apartment, Tony's bizarre behavior turned chilling. He built a macabre shrine to his dead mother and uttered satanic phrases over her ashes. And who helped Tony deal with his escalating and disturbing behavior? His grandma. Yeah, and a family psychiatrist. Needless to say, neither of them were much help. At this point, with no assistance, it seemed as though the mentally disturbed former inmate was on an inevitable path of violence. As much as Nanny wanted to see the best in her grandchild, she wasn't prepared to deal with an unhinged criminal. Just six days after leaving Broadmoor Prison, Tony got in a heated argument with Grandmother Ninny over a phone call he wanted to make to England. Nina wouldn't allow it, and when he refused, when she refused to give him permission, she enraged her troubled grandson. Within minutes, the impulsive Tony lost control and stabbed her a total of eight times. Mm. When police arrived at the scene and discovered the murder, Tony complained to law enforcement that she won't die. Despite her broken bones and multiple stab wounds, he had inflicted on the fragile, still alive, screaming old lady. That's hilarious. This fucking bitch won't die. Damn. I'm trying my goddamnedest. She's still ticking. His grandmother brought him into her home with the genuine intention of helping him get his life back on track. She loved him and had no clue what she was really getting herself into. She never imagined that Tony's mental instability would cause him to go after her. After the stabbing, his mind manifested that he thought he was doing Ninny a favor as it was the kinder thing to kill her. If that wasn't chilling enough, get a load of this. During his confession, Tony admitted that he wanted to have sex with his 87-year-old grandmother. No. That's not Titan Creamy at that age. Oh, yeah. She survived, so maybe it was. Maybe that powered her through. Oh. She's eating her own cream. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the cream will get me through. This caloric. I'm sure cream does give you powers. Yeah, of course. After the attempted murder of his elderly grandmother, no rich or influential people had Tony's back. No one wanted to defend his right to freedom after his cold-blooded crime, and he was incarcerated for life at Rikers Island, New York, main prison, where his family money gave him access to a string of sexual partners and protectors and possibly enemies. Eight months after the psychiatric assessments, Tony's attempts for bail were delayed since they were waiting to receive medical records from Broadmoor back in the UK. The 33-year-old came to terms with the fact that he would be in the slammer for life. Unfortunately for Tony, it wouldn't be as long as he thought. On March 20th, 1981, Tony returned to his cell. At 3.30 p.m., he was found lifeless with a plastic bag tightly wrapped around his head. In a sinister act of unintentional irony, the ultimate end was brought on by the same material that made his family wealthy decades before. Damn. Uh, and no one knows if he killed himself or someone killed him with the plastic bag. Probably someone killed him because he yeah. was in there talking crazy. Yeah, they're like, I can't listen to this guy every night when I go to sleep. I'm bagging him up. Yeah. It's like usually nighttime when they get all cooped up too, man. Schizophrenics. Oh, yeah, dude. Dahmer. So, you know, this is just a fucking like. 
saying some crazy shit in there. He's like, fuck, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Just kooking out. And someone was like, shut the fuck up. And yeah. bagged him up. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to confront him about it, I guarantee you. And then yeah. he just got louder and louder to try to prove his point. And then they're like, all right. Paper or plastic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been plenty of times I've talked to some people with like schizophrenia. And when you try to have the conversation, they get louder and louder. Yeah. And then you just got to go, hey, man, I got to go. Yeah, because there's no yeah. winning at that point. No recourse. You got to wait and come back later on when they And they'll have totally out. forgotten about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, dude, staying engaged in, like, an intense situation never pays off. No. You'll learn that if you're married. Yeah. Yep, you just go, okay. Mm-hmm. Time to cool off. I'm going somewhere else. You're right. And then you just go in your room, and then you just stay out of it. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. Stay out of it. All right. <laughs> Stay out. Or go take a shit. Yeah, taking a shit's a good defense. Yeah, I, well, I think that. my wife. Every time I shit, my wife comes in there to hang out. <laughs> that sucks. And dude. I'm like, dude, I'm just shitting. Like, what are you doing in here? She Fridays you? Yeah. I've been spilling your shit for 22 years. Yeah. You get someone I shit for five minutes? Yeah. But the opposite, she wants to smell it? I don't think she wants to smell it as much as she just thinks that I'm uncomfortable that she's in there. And I'm like, well, what I do is I really charge one up and just push it out real hard (laughs) and just like look at her. I hate being bothered when I'm taking one. Yeah. Or I'll turn on the the bidet and just sit there and have a look of enjoyment as that water sprays up my hole, make it uncomfortable. My wife will do that shit all the time where if I'm taking a shit and don't like our bathroom. So you walk in the bathroom, there's a shower, a sink, a jacuzzi. And then, like, the toilet's got its own room. Yeah. Like, you can just close the door and lock it, and it's just you and the toilet. Yeah. Well, if, if I forget to lock it, she'll just come in there and try to tell me something. And I'm like, just leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, we I'm can just... talk about this after I shit. Yeah. It's not pressing. Yeah. This is. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pressing right now. <laughs> yeah, let me dump, please. God damn it. Yeah. Dude, she hit our... She... You know, everyone that listens to the podcast knows that she adopted a fucking blind and deaf schnauzer... A few months ago. Yeah. And him, like my dog, you just, you have to put her on a lead because it's a homeowners association neighborhood and they can't run around, which I wouldn't really want her to run around anyway because she's fast as fuck and just goes it. Yeah. But him, you can just put him outside. He can't go very far. Somehow yesterday I let him out and he wandered into the driveway and she was coming back home and clipped him. Yeah. He was totally fine, but you know, everyone's freaking out. They made a crazy noise a bit. He just make he's deaf, so he makes crazy noises. Oh, like, I know. He's just like, I don't know. in his butt one time. And he's like, <laughs> 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 like Yeah, he just makes wild noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of hoping he was going to meet his demise. Like, we we're going to take him to the vet, and they're going to be like, It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. He sucks. And then you just have a new dog. I'm not getting another dog. I would have brought that pit right over. I wouldn't have taken it. Oh, yeah, you would have. I can't. Dude, that dog would crunch, Donnie. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Katani thinks she's a big dog. I uh, know, dude. I've never seen my dog act like that before, man. Whenever your dog did that, and he was just like, Ugh! I was like, oh, shit. Had to pop his yeah, ass. Yeah, because she fucking, uh, when a dog comes over, she's fucking, yeah. Haunches raised. Yeah. Ready to fight. He didn't like that she's shit, like, you weigh five pounds. Chill he out. did not like that. And I was sitting there thinking like, dude, you, you're fucking huge. What are you doing? I think it's just a little dog thing. Dude, yeah. Dog. He fucking does not like little dogs I found out. We found like a puppy just at our driveway the other day. Crunched it? No. Sam got it and gave him a bath and everything. And she was like trying to let Conan smell around on him. And he just like stuck his nose and would not move his fucking head. <laughs> and uh, she was like, gotta get him. He's being weird. <laughs> so I, fucking, <laughs> I grabbed him because I was like, he's about to do something stupid. Crunch. Yeah, he's about to just be like, chomp. <laughs> you ever seen that video of a uh, pit bull munching a fucking bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the bird's just chilling on a fence and everyone's like, look how nice this is. Just sitting there wagging his tail and then all of a sudden, you crunch. <laughs> just yeah. one bite, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a cruncher. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yesterday was stressful. I wanted to beat everybody up. Everybody. Uh, my fucking son's friend's parents picked him up to take him to the football game and just didn't plan on taking him home and then didn't take him home. Yeah. So that was a whole to do. Didn't, didn't even know. communicate it. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody told her. So I got a call from one of the coaches that was like, yeah, he's up here with me. We're the last ones here. 
wait with him until you guys can come and pick him up. So I was like, what the fuck? And now everybody yeah. probably thinks, because, dude, all those parents gossip so much. Yeah. And coaches and shit. It's just, everybody thinks their kids are being treated unfairly in football. They yeah. just sit there and talk about, well, he does this and he does that. They don't know what they're doing. and Yeah. So maybe your kid's not good. On and on. Yeah. Which, I mean, there definitely is, like, favoritism. Yeah, yeah, That's how it is everywhere. Yeah, that's the way I feel. It's like, well, at a certain point, I feel like at a certain age when the kids, like, develop more, you can only show so much favoritism because, obviously, some kids are going to be trucking over those kids. Yeah. And then it'll be like... There's a couple kids I played with, and there's like there were just three of us, dude, and we were crunchers, man. Yeah. And there was, like, the rich kids and whatever, and it was just, like, just a fucking... The three of us were getting our ass kicked at home all the time and then, like, getting picked on and shit. And then once I figured out, like, we could get a hit real goddamn hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, every time we go to practice, our goal is always to just smash those other rich kids. Yeah. And just be like, man, fuck them. Because they'd always, like, put them on, like, first string and shit. And they'd be like, why? They suck. Yeah, so I mean, when you're dusting, then they have to put you on first yeah. string because you're crunching them. Oh, that's what we did. We we crunched a kid real bad, broke his arm. And so he couldn't play. He was like, well, we'll see how we, now we're going to start winning games. Yeah. You know? So. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what a fucking world, dude. But, hey, tonight's going to be cool. Uh, just to remind you, if you're in the area, November 12th, live pro wrestling at Vino's featuring us and a bunch of other of the better local wrestlers. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everyone's going to take a come. Yeah. We even got a, is it a death match or just a hardcore match? It's a hardcore match. Yeah. That's going to be sick. Yeah. That's gonna There's going to be a guy getting fucking mutilated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, beerbongs.com, 20% off, promo code DMD20, fast drink and beer accessories. It even gets you free shipping. Gurglingore.com, promo code GurglingDicks, 10% off. Hey. Get some nasty records. Uh, thanks to Fluids for making our theme song, and we'll see you fucking momos on the next episode. Yeah. <laughs>